Welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number 25. Um, yeah, this should be a, a fairly, you know, there's a bunch of new things here we got a lot to talk about. Um, but before we get there, uh, there's something that is more pressing that we need to discuss here. Chase, what drink do you have? Uh, there was such a long pause between like my name and, and asking what drink I had. I was wondering if like you were going to ask me some question out of left field, um, <laughs> but no, we're, we're starting it off as normal. So uh, today I'm drinking yet another backcountry brewing beer. Um, this is the, I'm not even supposed to be here today. Orange creamsicle sour ale. Ooh, that sounds really good. Um, sounds really good. Usually like when they come out with something that's tastes like a candy or, and in this case, an ice cream. Um, it tastes pretty spot on, so I'm excited to try it. Uh, I haven't actually opened it yet, so I'll do that now. Oh, I'll give you the way first you were setting that up. Yeah, the um, way you're setting that up, I thought you were saying that it was bad. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, yeah, uh, first impressions are it tastes like an orange creamsicle. Um, mm. It's definitely got a little bit more beer taste, which I kind of enjoy. So, yeah, pretty good. Very nice, very nice. Uh, Hunter, what do you have for us? So, uh, you know, this this week I have a gin and tonic made with drum shambo gunpowder Irish gin, which, uh, you know, you may say, hey, that's the third time you've had that on this podcast. And, uh, you know, maybe you just have ran out of alcohol to try and you're slacking on getting to the store. And if you thought that, you'd be absolutely correct. But also, I feel like it's somewhat fitting because on the, the podcast where I was just starting my Yoru journey, I had this drink. And now at the conclusion of it, I'm also having this drink. So it can bookend the journey, which we'll get into later. Oh, very nice. Um, okay, so I'm drinking a Superflux and Bellwoods IPA. Um I have unfortunately come down with the Rona and could not leave my house. So I had Chase go and pick this up. Uh, it is called the Friend Shake. It's an IPA with bumbleberry and vanilla. Um, and it's a little disappointing. Not in that it's bad, but I feel like it would have been... Like, the, the bumbleberry and vanilla, I think, would have worked really well as a sour. And it's also like... I mean, obviously, for the listeners, you can't really see, but it's a very thick, kind of fruity-looking drink here. Um, I'm assuming because it's called the French Shake, there's some lactose in here. But I think it would have worked, like, really well as a sour. Uh, but they made it an IPA, and it's kind of like... It's a bit conflicting. It tastes not a bit bad, too hoppy? Uh, that's not even really the problem. It's just, like... I feel like had they made it just be an IPA without, like, the vanilla, it would have been fine. But because – and, like, without the vanilla and the lactose. But because they added that, I feel like it would have been better as a sour. But here we are. It's kind of, like, just mixing mm -hmm. the two together. And, like, it's not bad by any means. Um, yeah, but it's it's definitely unique. Um, not my favorite. But now you got four of them. Fairly solid. Yeah. Well, three and two after this one. 
Well, yeah, I was uh, I was going to pick out individual cans for you uh, when I went to the store cast, and then I picked out my four cans, and I was kind of like, nah, it's too much work to pick out four more. <laughs> so funny. I walked over to the uh, to the four pack section, and that was a new Superflux, which is a brewery that we both really like, and it's a collab yeah. with another brewery or something. Um, so something I hadn't seen before in the four pack, so I was like, hell yeah, I'll, this will be sick. Yeah. Um. No, it's totally fine. And like, if I was at the brewery, I'd definitely considering like consider ordering this again. Uh, I just given the flavor profile, I just I'm just kind of wishing it was a sour. All right, but at any rate, um, here we are. It's it's a new act. Uh, what's this the episode rebirth, four, the genesis. Act three? What yeah, this episode is, four, uh, act three. You're correct. Okay. Um. And they actually made some more significant changes instead of just taking away one of Brim's stem beacons. Uh, Go fuck yourself, Riot. <laughs> Brim had like a thirty percent uh, pick rate or something. Was it worse than that at, at yeah, uh, Masters? That. I don't know. I think it was under that. No, thirty is be high. I think Brim had like an eighteen percent or something like that. I was like, it, it was lower than a lot of other controllers. And I was like, yeah. you know, if you would have just left that fucking stem beacon in. Yeah, I know. It seems like they're like with all the nerfs that they've made to like a variety of different agents. It seems like they really want you to do everything deliberately, if that makes sense. Like use every piece of utility with like a specific goal in mind. Yeah, they're like, oh, Jet has too many smokes. Let's get rid of one of those. Um, and I mean, we'll get more into this later. But also like. Jet can just use her dash whenever. Fuck that. Let's get rid of that. Let's make her intentionally use it. Let's get rid of one of uh, Brim Stim Beacons. Um, that makes sense. And it, it's nice that it's like a, in that way, it's kind of a consistent thought throughout. Like, um, they're being consistent in that fact throughout their agents of, oh, like, if they have too many of these and it's coming a chance where you're kind of just using it to use it, um, then... Like okay, well we can get rid of one of those. You don't need that that charge. Yeah, you should be more precise or more um, methodical about when you use your utility and how. Yeah the the problem I have with that is that you know in the case of the jet dash, that's pre nerf. That was the definition of an ability that you didn't have to plan for. You just press it and it goes. Um, with the brim stem beacon though. Um, you can still be deliberate about using two of them. Like you don't want to just, you know, two isn't going to last you for half the round even. So like, you know, if you chuck one out at the beginning of the round to lead your team towards a site and then you encounter some resistance or decide to rotate and then you want to have another one for rotating, I don't feel like that all of a sudden means that means that this using the stim beacon is just super arbitrary now. So, um, I don't know. I, I think, uh, give Brim back his stim beacon. That's, that's the hill I'm going no, on. I will say for the, what was it, a week, two weeks that he had the two stims, like, I did see a bunch of brims just kind of just hawking them out there willy-nilly. Yeah, but it was fun, so. Yeah. There's only two of them. What do you mean by willy-nilly? Like, I don't I don't know what, I don't think that just because he has two means that, like, it's you sound like he has infinite stim beacons. They're just, like, throwing out them like, pa- throwing them out like pancakes. Like, I don't, I don't really see the, the massive difference you're saying here. I, know, I feel like I de- like within those two weeks. I feel like I definitely just saw them left and right. Um, but 
You saw them one more time per round. Well, yeah, you you can see them. You can see one left and one right, but you can't also see one forward. You know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. And you're only seeing them left and right if you're standing right next to the brim when he's throwing them for some reason. But no, as Chase was saying, I don't mind the consistency in the thought process, but like, I feel like it'd almost be kind of nice if there was an agent who's like, oh yeah, and I guess like Sky used to have three birds. Brim or Breach used to have three flashes. Like, oh, now Sky like gets be... four. Well, yeah, but you can't go like <laughs> bird, bird, bird. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. Uh, but no, I do think it'd be kind of nice if there was like an agent that you could just like random bullshit go. Well, the thing with Brim, just to be clear, we were joking about throwing stim beacons left and right. You can't actually do that because there's like a cooldown while one stim beacon is out. Hey, random bullshit go. Welcome to fade. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's Right, right. But like I wanted to say about Brim before we get to fade that because he can only throw one of them at a time and you only have two of them, I mean it is pretty significant when you choose to use the second one. Like maybe the first one you always use for your push in and like, you know, that probably hasn't changed. You probably still are going to use your first one for the initial push in when you only have one. But deciding when to use the next one, whether you use it for your whole team to then, you know, push further into sight once you've taken sight or if you want to save it to chuck on the ground right when you know the it gets the it gets tough it's a 2v2 like i feel like that is a significant enough decision to where i i guess i guess what i'm saying is i don't buy the logic that this is some sort of consistent theme i i don't think the brimstone beacon works with the same logic as the jet dash i mean literally their wording in the patch notes update, what both, what they claim that both, it was removed yeah, for is literally consistent. like in both cl- like cases they, and I'm paraphrasing here, but in their wording they were saying we want people to be more deliberate with their ability usage, which is like the exact statement they made for both Brim and Chat. Yeah, but like, I, I guess I'm saying that I don't I don't think that I I don't really buy it for Brim. I'm not saying that they didn't write those words because obviously they did. I'm just saying that. I don't it's I guess it's I guess it's still good that they're saying there's like this standard that they're holding all agents to but I don't really see it is is what I'm saying Phoenix should just have like flashes Yes that's definitely where I was going with that yeah Phoenix should when he holds should have infinite flashes yeah Give him 5 flashes in a row No no forget about alting like you just buy the flash and then you just have as many charges as you want. Oh, it's like a golden mushroom in Mario Kart? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I had an idea that's a spinoff of that. What if, when Phoenix is ulted, he has unlimited of all of his abilities? Well, the problem is, you don't need to buff Phoenix's ult. It's already really fucking good. Yeah, like, yeah, I agree, I agree. Like, like, the problem with all the Phoenix buffs that I've kind of, like, brought up in my head always comes down to, oh, like, wait, but what if they did this with his ult? And it's like, that's not the that's not the problem. The problem is yeah. his kid isn't good enough outside of his ult. Yeah, and the biggest problem is that his E is just one of the worst E's in the game. And like an agent's kit is so much defined by their E because it's the ability that mm-hmm. you know should be what brings their kit uh-huh. what their kit centers on. And his E is just underwhelming. Alrighty, well, um at any rate, before we do get into the topic of random bullshit go, um, Hunter, you wanna give us your uh your your final spiel on on Yoru now that you've played him for a, a full pack. 
Yeah, so first of all, locker. Yeah, so first of all, those who haven't been following closely along with my journey know that uh, I initially said by the end of the previous act, episode four, act two, I would get to Platt as an Instalock Yoru. And uh, I, I failed in my mission. I uh, got to gold one at my peak, which was at the very end of the act. And, well, on the one hand, you know, I said that that's, I said that I would get several ranks higher and I didn't. And also on the same hand, it really sucks not being able to buy the stinger. I've been playing a little bit this new act and, oh man, I miss it so much. But um, at the end of the day, I was very happy with the challenge because it really forced me to specialize. I know a while ago, both of you guys were saying that, you know, it might be good for me to not be just filling all the time, but, you know, learning an agent more closely. And um, I definitely did that with Yoru, and I was very, very happy with the improvement that I made over the course of the act. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, that was fun, and uh, I was really happy I did it. And, you know, I, I essentially got two full ranks higher than I'd ever been legitimately before, because... If you were to look on Tracker, it would have said my peak was Silver 3 before this act. But in actuality, I remember specifically the only time I had been in Silver 3 was when I was often queuing with Alex, uh, who was on this podcast, um, when he was on a Smurf. And I know for a fact that that rank-up game into Silver 3, where I only stayed for like two games, was when he just popped off hard on a Smurf. And I, I was so disappointed when I saw that I'd ranked up. I was like, man, I really didn't earn that. So... It, you know, I essentially got two ranks higher than I'd ever been before. And as someone who had been, you know, hard stuck silver basically since like the second act the, from when the game came out, breaking into gold felt pretty damn good. So, you know, I'll, I'll take it. Um, and, and, you know, I think we can all yeah. give give Hunter uh, a big round of applause and a congrats for making into gold for the first time. And Thanks. also a, a fine farewell uh, because, you know, you're no longer allowed on the podcast. Uh, yes, this is my last <laughs> podcast that I was going to say that later, but Chase kind of, you know, got to it earlier. Understand. <laughs> you know, in the description, it says we're a bunch of fucking silvers. So, you know, if you're not, then sorry. I mean, it's like you, you have you to be plat I, on plat chat. You and I have both hit gold before. Though. No, no, not, not, in, not in my world. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> there, there is an interesting tidbit of information that is kind of out there in the world right now. Um, and this is probably the last time this statement will ever be true. But I have more stinger kills this act than Hunter does. <laughs> yeah, oh because he God. just got a stinger kill in the game we played. And that Hunter is, is not allowed to buy a stinger. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess the other thing to talk about when it comes to Yoru, I have to get past that distressing thought, is... uh. You know, when Yoru came out and the, well, not came out, when, when the buffs came out to Yoru, uh, one of the things that we said on the podcast is, you know, we'd revisit his abilities and how the buff has gone now that I've had a chance to play him, all of us have had a chance to play against him, since Chase and Cass never actually picked Yoru besides one very ill-fated replication that was painful. <laughs> it really was painful. Wait, hold on. I, yeah. I picked Yoru in the custom we played the other day. Was I in that custom? I don't think yeah, I was. You were. No, you what? were. It was the one that we weren't allowed to use abilities on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. The custom that was gunplay only. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that was that was very fun. That was in our Discord. So we've been doing some wacky stuff in custom. So shameless plug, come hang out. Um, 
but yeah, I thought that you know it would be a good time for us all to talk about how we uh, how we feel about Yoru now that he's been buffed. Um, Cass asked me off podcast. He said, uh, "Where would you rank Yoru amongst the duelists?" And this was pre Jet nerf, and since the Jet nerf is less than a week old, I'm still gonna consider it. I'm still only gonna consider pre Jet nerf or buff. But we'll get to that later as well. Um, and I'm saying Jet number one, Raze number two, uh, Reina and Reina number three, and Yoru number four. But Reina and Yoru are very close. And then Neon and Phoenix after that. Um, and I that's think that's sort fair. Of a, that's sort of a combined ranking for like both ranked and pro play. Um, I, I, I think that I think that the Reina versus Yoru. I think Yoru better in pro. I think Reyna better in ranked. So that's sort of where the flip flop happens there. As I'm kind of, I, I think Neon goes up in pro play. Yeah, Neon definitely goes up in pro play, especially since won. Optic used Neon yeah. to insane effect to win the, Masters one. This is see on the one hand, yes. On the other hand, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think any other team used Neon in in Masters. Am, Liquid. I, am I right about that? Uh, Liquid, Liquid did. Okay, Liquid did. Okay, so two teams used Liquid used Neon at all, and more importantly, the team who won. Yeah, and they were Neon. unstoppable well, sure. on Fracture, which was where you really got to see their Neon shine. If you ask me, it was the Neon plus Breach utility that like well, absolutely stomped people on Fracture. Well, yeah. Just to be clear, as a bit of an aside, um, I do think Optics Neon use was very impressive, and in particular, the person playing Neon was Victor. And Victor's been one of the people that, you know, has faced calls from fans for benching slash removing from the roster because he in the past playing mainly Sky has had some really inconsistent performances. And as a Neon, he really has a a great role on the team and he absolutely popped off in some of those Masters games. So, yeah, yeah, nothing but respect for Optic for finding out what works well for them and for using the Neon to great effect as the, uh, the catchphrase is. Um, but at the same time, I think the sample size for Neon is kind of small because Optic clearly had a very clear vision of what to do with Neon and made it work. And Liquid is known for just doing wacky stuff when it comes to their buys and their team comps to sometimes good results, sometimes not. So yes, there's a little bit more, there's significantly more evidence for Neon than Yoru in pro play, but at the same time, Neon is actually... Um, Neon is actually older than post-buff Yoru because Neon came out the act before they reworked Yoru. So there's also been more time for the pros to deal with current Neon. And I'm not I'm not saying that the next tournaments everyone's going to be playing Yoru. I don't know. But I'm not ready to crown... I'm not ready to say that Neon is better than Yoru just because two teams were using Neon in the past land. I just uh, think it's crazy that you're saying that for the pro scene that you would put Yoru above Neon when... Absolutely. Based on, on this exact same argument, uh, Yoru was played on two maps by one team, once not very well, and once pretty well. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm saying that, um, you know, both Neon and Yoru were used so little that I don't I don't think there's much that can be drawn from that. So, like, yeah, I that, I did that I didn't bring in Forsaken balling out on the Yoru because you know that was very impressive, but the sample size was small, and I'm saying that. And he had Sales another game where really he really didn't fall out on the Yoru. He also got called on on the Yoru. Yeah, but that was, you know, the whole story of 
some of those more minor region teams was them really improving as the tournament went on. So it's important to note that the time where he balled out on the Yoru was later on in the tournament than when he looked kind of bad on the Yoru in the first game. But either way, you know, I, d- I don't know that that's the point to focus on because only time will tell if the pros pick up more Yoru or not. It's it's hard to say at this point. See, but here's I, I the think deal. they will. I, you're asking, yeah. like, you know, what's changed since I've been playing against Yoru's in games? Um, mm-hmm. Or, like, now that we get to know, like, a solid place of where Yoru sits. Um, I don't think Yoru is a throw anymore to pick a Yoru. It's not like, oh, fuck, we have a Yoru on our team. But it can be very easily. <laughs> yeah. that's, because that's it's very it. easy to do dumb shit with Yoru. Yeah, yeah, that actually reminds me of a game that Chase and I were playing earlier today, which, I mean, to be fair, I was playing Yoru and I wasn't playing particularly well, but that actually wasn't what I was thinking of from that game. Uh, It was that our Omen, who is also capable of teleporting, would make the absolute dumbest teleports. But he he they sometimes worked out because Omen's teleports are limited in range, so he can only screw himself so much. <laughs> Whereas well, if you're your and you and our Omen had far. insane mechanical ability. Yeah, yeah. Like, this guy was the epitome of just like all skill, no brain. Like, and I I wasn't in the game; I was just watching the game. But like mm-hmm. from Hunter Stream, like this dude made the most brain dead fucking plays, and would just TP into the fucking open in front of three people and die consistently. Yeah. But his aim was also fucking insane. Which yeah, is pretty right. wild. Yeah, like, there was, if you took, like, very short clips from the game, you could find some clips that looked like he was throwing and some clips that looked like it was his rank-up game to a rank he'd never been to before. And the yeah. clips that looked like his rank-up game were of him, like, using his aim and the ones, that, like Cass said, where he was just... Randomly yeah, fucking rank up to diamond. Like his his movement right, right, and aim yeah. was insane, and then he would just make plays. I'm like, you should be an iron. Like, what the fuck is this? Yes, yes, that's not an exaggeration. Yeah, but either way, I I bring that up to kind of you know support what Chase is saying in that you know if you're playing Yoru poorly, um, one of the biggest things is just teleporting in and dying, um without gaining any value for your from your for your team like you can teleport in and die in a way that helps your team take sight but you also have the potential to just you know go for a tiktok play and then die which you know some people will do and i think that yoru makes it very easy to do that right like as a character yeah. his teleport and his abilities uh incentivize you to you know use them and, and take space on site which makes it very easy to do that wrong and so a lot of the Yorus that you come up against or that are playing on your team will do that wrong. And then it's like, oh, well, this character's shit. But, you know, if they're actually using it correctly and flashing in the right places, teleporting teleporting when, like, they should be and into the places they should be, then, like, it can be really good. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. one of the I think one of the big things here is, like, if you separate agents, like, not... Not by how they are on the tier list necessarily, but like kind of like by how how easy it is to get value out of them. If you look at a character like Sage, like e- even if you're having a bad game, it's still really easy to get value out of Sage. Like yeah. you on defense, you put your wall up, you throw your slows. Even if you don't win a single gunfight, 
it's like you you can still delay the enemy team hopefully let other people on your team have time to rotate over into position yeah you live and heal your team yeah right yeah yeah just like you yeah you can fall back like give somebody some heals like uh and then agents like sova right where like you can just get your recon onto site you know maybe stock dart out a cubby um get some chip damage in like uh drone up for your team so that someone can take space like the those are agents that is really easy to get value out of even if you're having a bad game and you can't kill anyone but don't worry if you're not a good shot today there are other ways to be useful right yeah yoru on the other hand is really fucking hard to get value out of if you're having a bad day i mean you could say that for most duelists Right, but, like, okay, yes, but, like, specifically with Yoru, the the greatest play in the world will look stupid if you teleport in behind someone, whiff all your shots, and they turn around and kill you. It looks like, oh, why I've did never you had that, that happen to me. What the heck? Like, yeah. why, why, why the hell did you just TP backside only to die, right? And, yeah. like, it's one thing if somebody's watching your perspective and they're like, oh, he made a good play, he just whiffed, it happens. But, like, when he's entry, and that's the first person on site, and all you see in your kill feed is Yoru back site dead, you're just, like, fucking idiot. <laughs> yes, I think I think you just, uh, you know, revealed that you're using hacks, the fact that your uh, kill feed includes map locations. <laughs> Yoru back site dead. What, what sheets are you using there, Cass? Yeah, I mean, usually you also have to look slightly to the left to see your mini-map <laughs> and then know where they yeah. died. Yeah, no, but I I make that extremely dumb joke to to bring up to kind of transition into responding to the idea of you know if you're not having a good day how do you provide value because that is something that I uh you know I tended to I actually had to bump up against and deal with in my uh, journey because frequently in the past since I would fill so much if I felt like I my I wasn't aiming very well on a particular day. Or I was playing with people who were having hot days. I would very often switch to a Killjoy, a Sage, a Viper. You know, someone that I wouldn't have to outduel the uh, the opposition. But then with this Yoru challenge, having to Instalog Yoru, you know, if I was having a bad day, you know, sucks to be me. I got to keep Instalogging. And uh, I definitely, I definitely learned. I definitely had to like really refine my ability usage so that I was trying to put myself in positions where I have to turn into an absolute potato to mess up. And a lot of that came from having different ideas of how I use my TPs so that it doesn't become predictable and that I am trying something new every round if things aren't working until eventually something works. And that I'm also staying positive and calming to my team. So even if I do teleport backside and die, at least hopefully I've found out where one or two of the enemies are, then my team can trade me or eventually trade me. At least they know what to look for. So yeah, it, it definitely is a struggle. I agree with both of what you guys are saying. Um, yeah. Now what, what I do you think guys... Yoru is really strong yeah. in is going against Viper's Pits. <laughs> yes. Now the, yeah. Yor- the Yoru outplay for Viper's Pits. Um, Cass was explaining a strategy to me, um, what like a few days ago, where the Yoru can ult, go find the Viper in the pit, and then just say "spray me." Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, Hunter, I don't think... Hunter did that. There was yeah. a round where we were in yeah. a three v one against a Viper's Pit, 
and Hunter Dis. It was on Fracture A site. Uh, yeah. We knew that she planted uh, lower, and like I think the two of us were were CT. Hunter was at drop and just ulted in and was just like spray me. Uh, and the Brim and I just unloaded our mags at Hunter's Yo. character and got the Viper. I also like, had a, yeah, go ahead. The, I was saying the Viper herself commented in the in the all chat like that was actually pretty smart. Like <laughs> it, yeah. it, it was a really unique and interesting take on his alt that uh you know I I didn't even really think about. Yeah, I haven't seen it used like that before happened. either. Yeah, and I also had another scenario. I'm pretty sure I was solo queued for this one where I told my team that I went into the Viper's pit. I didn't find the Viper. But then I left the Viper's pit and I saw her hanging out just outside her pit. And I was able to get to cover and, you know, get that kill on her after I got out of my ult. So, like, you know, even if even if you don't get that ideal scenario where you get the highlight real play, you, it's still extremely good for busting up Viper's pits. Um, yeah, you can just can, clear out yeah. so many corners of it, right? You know where the Viper's going to be playing, hopefully. Yeah, and that, that brings me to sort of another strength of Yoru that I really noticed, which is... In terms of your entry to site, the ability to clear out close angles for your team, the rattiest corners, the tightest positions the defenders could be, Yoru is stupidly good at that because if you're using a reasonable TP, ideally it gets you onto site in a position where you're not immediately exposed to every angle at once. So you have the time to maybe take a duel initially if there's someone there and then look back towards the rest of your team and check those close angles, at least most of them. And then, of course, if you ult like we're talking about, then you get to check all of them for free. And either way, like, I don't think any other duelist provides quite as much utility that way, because the most comparable example is smoking and dashing onto site is Jet. But, like, at that point, you know, that's immediately obvious exactly where you are. And also, if you're in your smoke, then that also delays the time that you can take to check it so i think yoru is the best at that specific case of you know clearing out the nearby stuff to let your team push as, in as jet you can clear those angles mid dash like once you initiate your dash your momentum is set and you can flick your mouse around and clear all the angles as you go in well yeah i mean that is true to an extent but you're also not realistically i don't think being able to clear every single angle while you're in mid dash just because your dash is so short like, I don't know if you're talking about just briefly spotting someone on the mini-map that someone else on your team could see. No, I'm but saying, I... like, if I, like, for example, uh, like, Ascent B, if I'm going to smoke and dash to switch, like, you can clear highway and woodpile while you're dashing in. By like, using you your mini-map, in... right? Like, you're not No, no, not by using your mini-map. No, you can actually see it. Hmm. Like, you, like, while I'm dashing in, I can flick my mouse left, clear highway, and then flick my mouse all the way over to look at woodpile, clear woodpile, and then I'm just in my smoke at switch. Well, I mean, I guess that I guess that does make some sense, and I wasn't I was aware that you could flick as jet like to check stuff, but you know, I guess I didn't really realize that that was that doable. But you're still limited in terms of the range of your dash, in terms of how far you can realistically smoke and dash. That you have to yeah, have a for sure, right? Yeah. Whereas with your, you can teleport pretty far onto site. And check things that might be impractical for a jet to check doing that. So either way, that's something that I've really appreciated. Definitely, um, like like a sent a site, you could uh, you know TP into hell, and then you're you can check behind dice, which you can yeah. check 
with a jet dash. Yeah, and, and you can also check either side of just the arches from main. Yeah. Um, which also you could do with jet, but that provides the additional value. Yeah. yeah um, one other thing that I appreciated when it comes to so a lot, some of this stuff we've talked about, with the Viper's Pit and this with the clearing, you could do with Yoru beforehand. That wasn't new, like, with the buff. But one of the things I most appreciated was Yoru is now maybe the single best agent for clutch situations slash one-on-ones in particular in the entire game. Uh, I have never been someone who has excelled at clutch situations. You know, sometimes I, you know, sometimes my brain goes a little too slow and I make mistakes. But with all the tools in Yoru's kit, I had a lot of clutches, whether it was 1v1, 1v2, 1v3. I'm trying to think if I ever had a 1v4 clutch, maybe. I think I probably did. I'd have to look. Um, Just because your ability to aggress with the flash and the decoy and your ability to confuse the other team and reposition with the TP and the fake TP, that, you know... It, it it's those things that make it easy for you to get killed when you don't know where the enemies are when you're TPing to, into sight, like you discussed, Cass, earlier. Mm-hmm. Those things also um, mean that when you know exactly where the last enemy is and you can do everything with a high degree of safety, you know, you have so many tools in your toolbox to get the job done. And I absolutely love that. And I think that's a aspect of Yoru that's really strong now. I was yeah, I, mean, I was initially going to say, like, I was hesitant on on the best character for clutches. Uh, but then when I was thinking about it and as you were explaining it, I was like, holy shit, yeah. Like, especially in scenarios where the players left alive on the other team know where you are, right? It's like, oh, they yeah. shot at us from main, they missed, and now I'm in a, like a 1v2 clutch, right? Like, yeah. it's so useful to have, um, you know, to have your teleport and then you, mm-hmm. you can fake teleport or stick it and now they have to be holding two angles when before they could have set up yeah. a crossfire or something like that. It, it's much easier to isolate a one V one. Um, when now you're forcing them to hold two different angles. Yeah. You can make 50 fifties for free. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's free, what I'm saying is like, yeah. yeah, like Yoru is the best agent in the game at just creating 50 fifties. Right. Is that his decoy? Is that him? Did he TP? Did he not TP? Um, like stuff like that. It's like, he is the best agent at just creating a 50-50. And, you know, given enough of those, you're going to win some. Which, a lot of agents, even if they had their full kit available to them, like, if you're in an unfavorable situation, you're probably not going to win that. Yeah. See, I, uh, I want to like, see more... Yeah, sorry. sorry Finish I, your point. Uh, no, I was just saying, like, because you can create these 50-50s over and over again, right? Like, you toss a coin enough times, it's bound to land on heads eventually. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah sure. I, I was saying, I, I want to see more, like, use of the decoy with the teleport from Yoru's. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the kind of thing where you can place your decoy, teleport to another angle and then set off your decoy so that maybe it doesn't even go into sight. And then they know where you are because they realize they just shot your decoy, but maybe it just makes a couple footsteps. And so they think, Oh, he faked his teleport. Yeah. You know, something like that where it's just like a, an outplay 
uh, of that variety. Yeah, one of my favorite plays there that I had cooked up in the lab weeks ago, but I only got to actually use successfully in the past um, like couple days before the act ended was the box that's to your left as you enter hookah from attacker's side. Um, you could, I, I've put my, like, like Chase was saying, I put my decoy and my fake teleport there and then played behind the box that's closer to sight, activate them both at once and then swing on the people entering hookah. And yeah, I got a couple kills out of it for free because it really looks like I actually TP'd if I trigger the, the, uh, teleport and then immediately after the decoy, like you have to be, you'd have to look at the, you'd have to be noticing the fact that there's that, you know, blotch on the ground to be like, Oh, wait a minute. That wasn't real, and that's pretty difficult to do in the heat of the moment. Yeah, especially when you're focusing at the ore running at you. Yes, right? <laughs> indeed. Right, you're not normally looking at the ground, at least with your crosshair, because, you know, that's a recipe for disaster. Like, I, I, I still want to see you die pretending to be the decoy. Oh, because... so now, okay, you finally revealed what you actually want to see. No, 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 because it means, that, it. it means that you're trying to be the decoy. Right? Yeah, Which Cass I have is, Cass is obsessed. once. Cass is obsessed with the idea of me pretending to be my decoy. Says the guy who and, shoots uh, the decoy every time. Right, yeah. right. That's that's my biggest problem, that in most games, I have found that if I put my decoy out in a place where it makes sense that I would be based on the movement pattern, then it gets shot. And there are some times when I've repeatedly used my decoy in a certain way, where, the, where it's like going in such a strange angle that like no person would go there, that people don't shoot it. And obviously, those are the kind of situations where I would want to just fake it myself. Um, but realistically, I think the, the I think here here's the problem: the way that I would want to fake my decoy would be to condition the enemy team first with lots of decoy usage in the same place, and then one of those times, I'm the I'm the actual person walking forward. But a big problem is that the way I play on both offense and defense is maximizing. Yoru's ability for the enemy team to be confused as to where I am by rarely doing the same setup twice, or at least, you know, mixing up what I'm doing from time to time when it comes to where I'm playing, such that I rarely have the opportunity to be like, okay, I've conditioned them, now I do it, because, you know, I don't do the same thing every round. I, I, I guess what I'm, what I'm really saying that I want to see is like, yeah, like when you're the enemy team and there's two Yorus running at you, right? Yeah. One's ahead, the other's staggered a bit behind. You shoot at the one behind, right? I'm yeah, saying, but you have to I condition to them the to do that. Front. I want no no, but like even if you haven't conditioned them, right? If someone's like just like jiggle peeking an angle and then they jiggle out and see there's one Yoru up ahead and one in the back. But at a lot of angles you're gonna the see the, the first one appear before the second one. Right? So if sure if I'm peeking an angle where I see both if you, flash, if you flash somebody off the angle first, and then they swing out to check. Sure, very maybe well, in certain scenarios, yeah. but if someone else is holding That's... an angle where one Yoru comes in first, right, they're probably just going to shoot the head, you know? Yeah, Cass, I think you're also overrating the battlefield intelligence of people to be able to make the call, oh, I should be shooting the one in the back. Case in point, I, I've been surprised. It hasn't happened tons just because this scenario itself is rare. But there were several times over the course of the act where I activated my decoy, died, and then, like, the same person who killed me shot my decoy <laughs> after they had already actually killed me. 
<laughs> so like, like what a, a dumbass cases, you just killed just a yoru yeah right right just because people are so conditioned by the game itself to be like i see someone who's an enemy i shoot them you know it, um it, it might still be up there when this episode goes live so i'd go if you guys check out the valorant subreddit there's a hilarious clip of it, it was in a radiant lobby of like the attacking team all five of them are in mid looking at this yoru um and like they're, they're all like kind of spread out they've got mid control on ascent and there's this yoru that comes out of tree and is like slowly creeping its way up cat at an angle and like there's a cypher cam staring at him there's like four people just holding it just like debating whether that's actually yoru or the decoy yeah um and then yeah they're they're just like everybody has their gun trained on them and then at one point one of the one of the guys is like no, no, but, like, dude, look at the way the legs are moving. Like, that's got to actually be him. That can't be the decoy. <laughs> or, like, no, no, it's, it's been too long. There's no way the decoy lasts that long, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, so it what ended happened? Up being, it ended up being the decoy. Um, and the Yoru just Funny. swung at a tree afterwards. <laughs> like, you have all five people just looking at it, just being like, do I shoot? Yeah, yeah, and that's a powerful thing about the decoy. Right? You it make people powerful. wonder. I mean, in general, I think that Yoru still fails in the same ways that I was talking about when the buffs came out, which is that it's just too focused on outplays as a character where you're, you're trying to condition people to act a certain way, or you're trying to confuse them in a way. Um, and I think that, I mean, we just came up with a few scenarios there where that is very useful, but um, compared to taking space as other duelists, I think that Yoru relies too much on confusing your enemy um, rather than just being aggressive and taking that space. Well, that's where I'm going to hard disagree. And the reason why I'm hard disagreeing is that, you know, both with the jet smoke and dash and with, uh, you know, the raise double blast pack, both of those, you know, those aren't plays that get you space for free. You can shoot a raise midair. You can say, okay, the jet's in her smoke. Let me find her. Or let me spray through the smoke. But, like, the key thing about doing that play is that, ideally, if you do it well, you're not going to die at least a good bit of the time. And, you know, you focus everyone's attention on you because now you're at their flank, and then your team can push in. And so I think Yoru can do a very similar thing. That, obviously, you can you can do outplays, but the big, the conversation we just had was me saying that, as a Yoru main, I have never tried to do an outplay where I pretend to be my decoy, just because I don't think that's on average, the best thing to do. It's very situational when that will be the best play that you can make. Um, so I I don't agree that it depends on complicated outplays. I think the, the bigger issue is just that Jet, before her dash was changed, still withholding judgment after the change, her dash was just so, you know, just so incredibly versatile and effective. And then, you know, Raze with her ability to clear space with her nades... Uh, and her other explosive utility, like, that's just deadly. And then when you, when you go to Reyna at, like, the ranked level, her ability to just take duels and not really need the rest of her team, like, if you pop off as Reyna, you can carry your team in a way that Yoru simply can't because he has to spend so much time figuring out what kind of, uh, you know, what he's doing next, and he doesn't have the ability to just chain fights the way Reyna can. Um, Yeah. Right, uh, what, cool. what, is, so, what does Cass have to say about this? Uh, I was going to say the jury's back. Euro still sucks. We got a bunch to cover. Um, 
<laughs> so moving on to fade. Well, yeah, let me let me say one last thing real quick, which is that uh, I know, have the been jury's, very jury's back. What like, what the, jury the, are you talking about? The the verdict the verdict has already been laid. You, you can appeal at a later date if you so choose. Yeah, uh, he'd like to okay, appeal well, for ineffective counsel. <laughs> yes, yes, I would. But I was just going to say that um, I've been very slow in doing this. I have a bunch of video ideas I want to get to, but I do plan on putting out some highlights and some more in depth discussion on Yoru strategy. So you know, stay tuned for that. It's it's yeah. been an honor discussing. Yeah, this. I mean, all, all jokes aside, I, I I do agree with uh, with Chase in that like picking Yoru is not necessarily a throw anymore. But I do feel like. When there's a Yoru on your team, they're either going to be at the top of the leaderboard or at the bottom of the leaderboard. They have to no prove themselves. Yeah. yeah. It's like when someone locks Yoru, they have to prove themselves before I give them my respect. Um. Okay, but there is a new agent in the game. Her name is Fade. And... Yeah. Um, and God I mean, damn. I, I know we... I, I know we kind of covered what all her abilities and stuff do, but, like, that was before we even had any of, like, the, the numbers on them, before we'd seen them in practice. Like, I think we discussed it before we'd even seen any of the animations. Um, yeah, we just had, like, the leak of the... Um, description of the, the abilities. descriptions, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now that Fade is actually in the game, number one, I gotta say, Jesus Christ, the radius on some of those things. And number two... Like her fucking alt man, like, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so we've had a couple of days now of, you know, playing against fades, and you know having fade in our games. Um, the first game I ever queued since the patch, there were two fades in my game, and I was like, "What the fuck? Why are you guys playing fade?" And he's like, "Nah, don't worry, trust." And then he like middle of the scoreboard fragged. So. You know, I don't, I don't know if beautiful. I don't know what that means. I guess he he did his job. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like her abilities are good. I but my point on fade is just I think a little bit more nuanced than like, oh she's great, you know, or or like she's like overpowered, which I feel like is a lot of the initial reactions when you get hit by some of her utility. But after playing against her for a couple days, as at least at this point. I don't see her being overpowered. I think that she's fucking annoying to play against. Similar to, like, a Breach. Right? When you get Breach utility dumped at you, you're like, fuck this game. This is so annoying. And that's how I kind of feel about Fade's utility. Um, but it hasn't been so powerful in my games that it's, like, impossible to outplay. Yeah, I don't know. I... I actually have not been hit by a ton of fade utility yet. Um, namely, because if I see some coming at me, I teleport out. But, uh, I mean, there's... I Basically, what I've noticed is that... Like, you know how we were kind of just talking about Yoru in those clutch scenarios? A fade with utility late on in the round is insane. Um... Like, I, I have seen a good number of, namely the other team, playing Fade fucking us on retakes. Uh, like, when they're on defense and we have sight. Like, in, in the 2v2 scenarios, like, her, I find that her utility just brings a fuck ton of value. And maybe it's just because I'm not used to it yet. But 
I feel like it it does more than like a Sova, a Sky, or a Ko would do on in a retake scenario. Retakes, I feel like she is really good. Yeah, right? retakes like, being able to like cut everybody's audio. I don't. Know, I I think it's more beneficial in a retake when everybody is probably playing within a certain area, right? Than it does on an execute. Uh, when people are more likely like spread out. Um, or even like if a couple people are pushing a site, uh, and you're on defense, well, you're only going to tag a couple unless they're five man rushing, which is not super common. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that she is really strong on retake for clearing corners, multiple simultaneously, um, keeping people in places, right. And then obviously revealing them, uh, decaying them and cutting all of their noise is is pretty fucked right I, I, and i i think because in the retake scenario you've got a way better understanding of where people are in the first place that like her utility just gets that much more value out of it um like i don't know i remember specifically just like we we're in a 1v2 and the trails like she got trails on both of us and just knew exactly where we were was that with her and, E like, or with her ult in that case? Uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't remember. Um, but like e- either way, like with, with a Sova recon, yes, you might get pinged, but after that ping, I can, you know, like reposition and possibly create like a fifty-fifty with the Sova being like, oh, did he stay here? Did he move over there? Like. Uh, if he went behind, like, this area, like, is he gonna swing me left or right? With Fade, it's, like, you just know. I mean, like, there you are, know whether they moved or not. There are scenarios where, like, if there's still kind of a ways out pushing on a site, I just try to run around as much as possible. You know, like, I run to a couple different places of cover, and at that point, you don't really know where I am. I mean, it definitely narrows your options. Mm-hmm. Um but it's not quite like this person is here. If you're stationary or you just move behind cover when you get hit by a, like a trail, like one of her abilities at trails, um, I mean, maybe that's the only thing you could do and then you're kind of fucked. But if you had the option, I think that it's, it's stupid just to stay in one place or to move just directly behind cover um, because obviously they're going to know you went there. Yeah, I think kind of tying into this 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 discussion about trails, I sort of like the approach they took when trying to create a competitor to Sova because the Sova recon dart has a bunch more flexibility than the the fade uh whatever it's called, I don't know the name. The E ability where you throw out the spooky head with the glowing eyes and oh, called haunt. Haunt, that sounds right. Yeah. Well, that goes very well with the spooky factor. Um you know, the the Sova Recon Dart has two bounces, and it can go really far. Uh, you can get some... You, you can, there's a lot more variety in where you can put it versus the Haunt. But if you get hit by the Haunt, like you guys are saying, the effect on you is much more severe. Because that 12 seconds of being trailed is a lot. So if you're on defense and you get hit by that, oh boy, you're in trouble. 
And even if you don't get hit by it, you know, there are cases where you don't want to, when you see it thrown out, when you don't want to shoot it because it give away your position and it still really narrows down the options of where people might be. Cause so, the radius on it is huge. Yeah. For yeah sure. The radius is pretty large. Um, I have yet to be screwed by her tether ability, whatever that one's called. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just haven't been hit by it yet. I'm sure there will be a time where I am hit by it and my TP is not up and it will suck, but haven't been there yet. So I, I don't really know how strong or weak that particular ability is, but um, I've definitely been caught by her, by her haunt several times. And yeah, the, uh, the trail definitely, I I think it's really interesting, and I, I, I do like that this is supposed to be a competitor for Sova, because I find that you get, um, it's almost like delayed gratification, in that the Sova recon dart gives you more value up front, but that value diminishes rather quickly, whereas the um, the haunt gives you less value up front, but it doesn't the value that you get doesn't drop as drastically if that makes sense. That you still get value twelve seconds later. Right, right. Whereas right, with right. The, the recon dart, if you send that out and you get a ping or two and then somebody shoots it, like if you weren't immediately in the position to capitalize off that, yes, it cuts down or like it gives you information on like well, very specifically where they can't be. Right. It's like, OK, they didn't have enough time to go from here, from point A to point B. They could not be there. Um, but it, it doesn't like it, it doesn't limit it much farther than that, whereas the trail drastically limits down like as you go on. Right. E even though they've they've now shot the haunt and they're not being actively pinged anymore. It really limits like where they can be because you can see where the trail lines go. Um, and so I, I do think it's really interesting in that uh, with Sova, you or I, I guess it's more appropriate to say that with Fade, your specific timing on pushes does isn't as tight. If that right, or you just don't my ideas yeah. coming across, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And to touch on what you were saying about the uh, the tether, um, I think that the tether really is useful in combination with other utility, right? Um, yeah. And it is really cool. Like I've seen the tether used really well, somewhat like a like a smaller trail because there's the rope that goes to them. So you, in that case, you know exactly where they are. Right, I've, right, right. At this point, I've found it more useful in that, like, as a recon ability of, like, oh, there is a person here and they're holding to the left, you know? Um, But I feel like people haven't yet figured out, at least definitely not at our ELO, like, you know, how to combo that tether with a raise nade um, or, like, molly lineups or something like that, um, where it could actually completely fuck you. And I have been hit by it a couple of times, uh, but just not in combination with other utility that would, um, I think, make it very strong. Right. And like, yeah, I know. Yet... Oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I, I had yet to play with a, a Fade on my team so far. I've only ever played against Fades. Yeah. 
The same as me, actually. But uh, one thing I wanted to emphasize when it comes to the uh, the tether ability, the Q, is that when we talked about the leaked fade abilities, I was most concerned about the Q as well as the alt for the reason that, well, really the more the Q, because as we discussed, like a really good alt isn't going to make an agent good. Um, so with the Q, I wasn't sure what it meant by tethered, if it would like pull you into the center, like an Astra suck, or if it would like, you know, be like a stiff rope where you can't go past wherever you were when it hit you. And the fact that it's a fairly large circle that you can move within, you just can't leave the circle. Uh, that means that, you know, to really screw someone with like a, a lineup with a Molly or a Raisinade, you know, you're going to have to work at it. It's not like you can just say, oh, someone's around X corner. Let me just chuck this and then chuck a nade and they're dead. And I, uh, I think that's good because I was worried that that would be too strong based on the wording, not really knowing what it meant. And uh, it seems like what Chase is saying is true, that it's really situationally useful when comboed with other utility. It's not broken if you just chuck it out, not knowing if someone's there. You have to get up close to see if there's a line to someone to be able to capitalize on it. That it really doesn't seem OP. I mean, it does 80 fucking decay, right? Yeah, that's the big thing, right? Is that if you... 75. Um, but yeah. if if you chuck a Raisinade in there, right? Like, sure, they have a fairly sizable circle to move around, but it's not that big. Like, the Raisinade can cover that easily. And That is true. They've just been decayed 75. So if that hits them at the right timing, like, that's deadly. But that yeah, obviously that takes true. a lot more coordination and team play than we often see at our level. Right. And, like, just one of the ideas I'm thinking of off the top of my head is if you're willing to invest both the Tether and the Raisinade, you could just keep an enemy team from peeking from tree on, like, Ascent, for example. Yeah. Like, if if you're willing to invest those two pieces of utility, which admittedly is very expensive, uh, especially when you consider you could just smoke it off. But, like, if you find that someone is consistently peeking that, like, you can effectively just outright kill them. That is true. Um... Yeah, so I, I, I would actually like, and like, you know, um, there are a bunch of like the VCT open qualifiers is going on right now. Uh, I am disappointed that it's not on the current patch, so we don't actually get to see any fade. Like the potential isn't even there. Um, yeah. But I, I am interested to see if uh, any pro teams will decide to pick up fade, and very specifically, I'm curious to see whether fade will be used on the maps that sova is less used on being uh split fracture yeah split and fracture um yeah. and i know some teams are shying away from sova on haven as well so yeah, the sova has gone like down in pick rate considerably um it's kind of like falling out although it's still like he still has 100 percent pick rate on some maps um like, there are some maps where, you know, he's just not as used as he used to be. Yeah, I mean, hopefully Fade does do the, the job in, you know, creating competition for Sova. Um, I think that'd be, I think that'd be super cool. Um, I want, I definitely want to see a, a Fade at the pro level, and, because I want to be able to see these sick outplays, or, like, the sick, um, I guess not outplay is the wrong word, but the sick, like, 
combination of utility um, that we were just talking about that I feel like is only really possible when they have set plays like they do in the pro level. Um, I think that could, that could be really cool. But for now, like maybe it's just, you know, not a lot of people having Faith Unlocked yet and um, people not really knowing how to play her yet, but I don't find her extremely overpowered. Like there's not been a Fade that's top fragged in any of our lobbies. Um, you know, like yeah, they're, the... they're not like completely fucking us with their utility, but it's just annoying to play against sometimes. Yeah, the one thing that I'm not sure if it's too strong or not that is, is TBD for me, but it feels stupidly strong at the moment is her ult. Like, I think that we've come to agreement that the rest of her kit seems strong, but it has a lot of potential, but is not stupidly busted, at least. Doesn't seem like it is yet. But her ult, the combination of deafened, you know, revealed, uh, trailed, and decayed is it just reveal. Brutal. The ult doesn't reveal. It doesn't? No. Are we sure? I've heard, I've heard, like, conflicting things on that uh, let me let me look it up this is i'm fairly confident the alt doesn't reveal the alt just trails deafens and decays which one of the things that i learned about actually uh while hunter's looking this up is um if you were lower than the 75 decay that it does your regen starts from a negative value so there was a round in which I had like 40 HP and I was at one HP due to the decay damage for a really fucking long time. Just because like my health bar went into like the negatives, which was. That is interesting. I haven't had that happen yeah. to me, but that was my, my theory when you were explaining that, that situation. As you were like, well, I, that's fucking insane. I was at one HP for forever. I'm like, well, were you below 75 damage? And that makes the most sense to me is that like it kind yeah. of goes into the quote unquote negatives, and then um, you regen from there. So you'd be at one HP for longer. Right. I mean, it would it have made a difference? Probably not. I was one shot to a rifle anyway. But it feels it feels bad being at one hp for that long even though i know having an extra 30 would not make a difference if i get shot in the chest by a rifle but like it, no, it but... worked to terrify you which is the whole point of yeah it, it made yeah. you more scared, <laughs> yes. Makes exactly. you more scared. I'm, I'm, yeah i'm in sight and i see the one next to like i see zero shield and one and i'm just like well i'm i'm fucked hopefully no one pops out with a shorty for medium range <laughs> Yeah, 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 but uh, I I did look up the thing, and yeah, you're not actually revealed by the old. Yeah. I was I was wrong on that, at least according to the, you know, the Valorant wiki. So, um, either way though, I feel like it's very strong. Um, I think it's definitely stronger than a breach alt. <laughs> Excuse me, because except in the one scenario where a breach alt can deny a uh, plant or diffuse, and this obviously can't, which is a valuable scenario. Um, you know, the fact that you can't hear anything so the other person can use any ability or, you know, run at full speed without you knowing, plus the fact that you've lost half your health and that they see where you go. Like, it seems like it's kind of strong. 
Like it almost feels like a, a small step down from being Killjoy detained, but there's no counterplay. Like, yeah, theoretically you could shoot them, but you'd have to shoot them at a severe disadvantage where they know where you've gone and you can't hear them when you don't have full health. Yeah, you're so, half health. Like, yeah. They know right. where you've gone and you can't hear them. The thing that Cass and I are talking about is right. that, like, sure, you can see them and you might even know, like, you definitely know where it's coming from, right? Because it, it rolls towards right. you, right? So you know where the fade is playing, but you don't know when they're going to peek you. And that is a huge thing. Yeah, right? like at least with the Killjoy detain, you know, if, you, if you're if you in a ratty corner, if, if you see it's going off and you get to a spot where they have, they might not clear you, you can just wait it out. And then, then, and then you can, maybe can surprise them. But with this, you're kind of fucked in a place. Yeah. yeah I don't, what, one of the things that I found too is, um, and I didn't really notice this until I got, Halted and couldn't hear shit, but um, I actually used my recoil to, or I used the audio to know how to control my recoil because my recoil control went to absolute shit because I couldn't hear my shots. Yeah, just I'm, shooting I'm, is so weird. I I didn't I didn't notice that I did that until the audio was removed from me. I'm um, surprised that you didn't notice that, considering that you've said that certain skins like make you shoot horribly because you can't control yeah, the yeah, recoil. Yeah. Like but I feel like, like that's kind of obviously yeah, follows I, from that. Right. It, it is. It's the exact same thought yeah. process of why I can't use the Singularity Phantom or why right. I don't like the RGX Vandal. Um, but like, it's that, but amplified. Yeah, because you just hear nothing, right? So you yeah. can't hear yourself shoot, and that really fucks with me. Right, like, so if the fade peaks, I'm just like, I'm fucked. Yeah. You know, I yeah. just can't hit them. It's a no, complete like, I, debuff. You know, Riot, get rid of it because it makes people not want to buy skins, you know? It doesn't even matter at that point what skin yeah. you have. <laughs> um, okay, so, actually, I there before we move on, I mean, Hunter, yes, I... I, I do agree with you. I, I think the ultra strong, um, and I can't wait until I get both fade and breach altered at the same time. It, oh I know my it's dude! Gonna, oh I know my it's god! I I just can't wait for that day, and I'm just gonna be standing there, and I'm gonna hit that one tap anyway, and yeah. it's gonna be great. Uh, and then you'll have the time where you get fade altered plus breach altered plus killjoy altered, and then you know, <laughs> then you'll just be. Well, screwed. I feel like it's just. I mean. <laughs> Killjoy ult and Breach ult is just yeah. repetitive at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just joking. I yeah. mean, what team would feel the need to invest those three ults at the same time? I'm not sure, but... I mean, yeah. I do I do kind of like earlier today, I, I used the Breach ult as to try to counter a Fade ult. Um, and it kind of worked. I died. I remember you... Yeah, I was going to say, I remember you dying, but I liked the idea. Yeah. It was like... Yeah. You know, the fatal was coming in, I was fucked, so I breach ulted them back, and it definitely, like, you know, it stops them from pushing me. But the fatal just lasts for so much longer that they were unstunned in time enough for them to still get to me and know where I am, and I can't hear shit, so I don't know really when they've been unstunned and if they're running full speed at me or if they rotated off because of my ult or, you know, any of that. How long does the... I haven't lived through a fatal long enough to know how long you're deafened for. It lasts it's the same so long as the trail, which is it's the same as the trail, which is twelve seconds. Okay. 
it's which a, is a long, long time long time yeah because yeah. i've either just outright died or was not caught by the alt because yeah, i remember gives seeing you... the alt coming in when i was like holding from like screens with an op and like it just didn't reach me and so it wasn't relevant um but any other time i've actually been hit by the alt i've just died within the next like second or two yeah, I mean, if you think about it, full defuse takes seven and a half seconds. So that gives you that gives you uh, four and a half seconds plus full defuse of Devin, <laughs> which uh, you know, in that scenario, in a retake scenario, like you guys are talking about, that's pretty disgusting. That yeah, completely disgusting. Yeah, you, it's like an astro wall where you don't know whether or not they've tapped, so you have to peek out. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but yeah. Hmm. If you know where they are and you just alt them, they have no idea whether you're tapping spike or not. Yeah. Uh, okay, but we have not touched on her prowlers yet, which mm. I think I think is like almost underrated. And like I know it's early; she's only been out for a couple days. But like, it's like an individual sky cabbage. Yeah, but worse. Definitely worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because one's like, an ult, but like... Sure, yeah, which is fair. This is an ability. But like, you can just like clear an angle with it. Kind of. So what I've been realizing the last couple of rounds is that they kind of have to see you dead on unless you have a trail on you. But it's pretty easy um, for them, and I'm sure people will get better at controlling them because you can control them like a like a skybird or, you know, jet smoke or whatever. Um but I've had them miss me on an angle before, like multiple times. So I just don't shoot it. It misses me. And then they assume that the angle is cleared. Um, and I, I think that people might get better at, you know, like scanning around with it a little bit so that it would see you if you were there. Um, but as for now, it's like you can just kind of stay next to it and it won't see you sometimes. No, but I've definitely seen people use it because because it can latch onto trails. Um, I, I I was I was spectating because I was dead at this point, but I was spectating and I saw that like the fade on the other team used it to clear an angle and then relinquished control so that it then latched onto a trail. And instead of in, like I'm saying like she did that instead of just throwing it out and having it latch onto the trail and go to the person. She cleared one additional angle and then let it latch onto the trail. You don't get to choose. Um, if it what? sees a trail or a person, it will go after it. What if you're still holding the the steering though? That that's what Cass is saying. I yeah. don't. I I believe that it just goes after it, regardless okay. of if you're holding the the steering. Okay, so maybe maybe it just looked like. She was able to clear an angle, and she wasn't then. Like, you, you can't, like, if somebody was peeking you dead on, mm -hmm. and you're like, but I want to clear this angle to the right, it would go after the first person it sees and not clear the angle to the right. Mm -hmm. okay. Although, I don't know, <laughs> although that'd be wild if you were, like, looking at someone and just like, oh, let me continue to send my prowler out and steer it somewhere else. Well, I mean, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, say, what you're, saying. That's a good say you're, like, just doing Haven C Long. Right, you're attacking, and you, you want to clear uh, Cubby, right? But somebody is peeking with an op 
from from sight. It's going to see the person with the op latch onto them and then not care about Cubby. I feel like we need to test this though, because none of us have fade unlocked. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty yeah. sure that's how it works. Um, but yeah, obviously I've I've never played fade, so I can't we'll, say for we'll for give a, we'll give clarity on this whenever one of us unlocks fade on the next podcast. After that, yeah, I'm well, pretty I'm close. Sure I'll have fade. I'm sure I'll have fade unlocked. I don't think I'm gonna play her. Yeah, right. Well, once one of us actually uses fade. Yeah. Um. But okay. Let's let's uh. Let's move on here a bit because um, two of the top agents in the meta uh, got hit with some changes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm specifically using the word changes here um, because Jet in particular, a bunch of people are saying that the change is arguably a buff in certain scenarios. Did we not talk about this on the last episode? I mean, the last episode was completely about the jet jet nerf, right? I feel like you may have we may have brought this up. I don't know that we brought up the fact that it could be a buff because last episode we were basically just talking about the fact that it's a significant nerf and that's yeah. good for the state of the game. I don't know we talked about any upsides of it last time because I didn't know that at the point in which we did the last podcast, I did not know that when you activated it got a kill and then dashed out you got one credit towards your next dash i don't think that was known at the time of recording a lot yeah i I can't remember i know that we talked about it a while ago but whether that was uh like during the podcast or like the day after or something i i can't yeah as me who edited the last podcast i'm pretty confident we did not talk about that last podcast okay so basically the difference is jet can now dash three times in a given round instead of two um, but the more relevant change is it's a lot easier to dash twice in one round. Yeah. I mean, Cass, I'm going to be extremely nitpicky here and say she can now dash four times in a round instead of three. If, yeah. if there's a Sage Res involved and you dash oh, after 6k yeah. acing. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the actual mechanics of her dash side, I gotta say, Jet looks weird as fuck when you're facing a Jet and she has her dash activated. Like, you know when you look at Chamber and you can tell whether Chamber's in his TP zone or not because either he's glowing yellow or he's yeah, not? Yeah. Jet looks so weird to me <clears throat> when she could dash. With the little wispy things around her? It's not the wispy thing. She looks like fucking purple. Hmm. Really? Yeah, she's like glowing a little bit. Yeah. yeah. The first time, the like first time up. I saw it, the first time I saw it, I wasn't sure, and because I was, I, I was opping on an angle, and like, I, I was kind of swinging into the angle, taking the shot, and TPing out of chamber, and like I planned on TPing out immediately, um, so I wasn't like necessarily looking at the character for very long, but the first time I saw it, I couldn't tell whether that was Jet, Reyna, or Fade. Ooh, that's that's not it good. Was kind of like a mix of all three of them, and I genuinely had no idea the first time. Uh, now that I know that Jet looks kind of purpley, at least on all low graphic settings, um, when she could potentially dash, like now I know that's the Jet. But it was it was super fucking weird the first time I saw it. Yeah, it's weird to me that there's a visual indicator that she could dash. 
Um, I don't really know what that gives. I mean, I guess it, it's just information for the other team. Yeah. But, like, eh, I don't like it. And I haven't played Jet since the change. So I'm not saying I don't like it from my perspective. I'm saying I don't like it from the person playing against her. I just wish it wasn't there. Yeah, I'm realizing, Cast, now that you mentioned that, I think I've... Uh, I'm, I'm going to look this up to see if... Yeah, keep going, keep going, because I'm going to look something up. Go ahead. Well, it is kind of important, like, if you're playing against her and you say in that exact situation, you're peeking with an op, you're going to immediately TP out. You don't get the kill, but you saw the purple jet. Now you know that she has used her dash, whether or not you actually heard the dash. Like, whether or not she dashed away from you, you now know that there's no dash left. Yeah, I don't know if I... Number one, I don't know if I should be able to know that. And number two, I just... I don't like the visuals of it. And I'm saying this as the person who isn't playing the jet. Like, playing against the jet. Yeah, I, I feel like it's just more information, like and that that's fine. Like, it's an information game. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. I mean... Yes, you're right. It is more information, and yes, it benefits me as the person playing against it. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I'm just personally not a fan. I I find it, and may, maybe I'm just not used to it yet. But I find it kind of jarring. It's like, it's almost like how Cipher gets a buff when he doesn't have his hat on because he's fucking impossible to hit. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the yeah. feeling I get. Yeah, it's weird when Cypher doesn't have a fucking hat on. You're just taken aback by the fact that Cypher's not you wearing really a hat. Are. Yeah. Like, that. that's the that's the best part about Cypher's ult. Is, like, you gain plot armor. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, what I wanted to look up, and I've now found the answer to, Cass, you were mentioning that, you know, you haven't played Jet since the change. And I know yep. that uh, Boof as well, who... Uh, also plays a lot of Jet. He is really saying he's going to move off of it. And I, I wanted to confirm something that I thought was true, which is that this is a very small sample size, admittedly, but I've played four games this act thus far, and there were a grand total of two Jets across those four games on either team. And, you know, it, it, it does seem like a lot of people who were Jet mains before are going to consider switching to other agents because the the muscle memory of the change, regardless of how good or bad it ends up being, is just so hard to overcome when that dash was just immediate before. So I'm I'm interested to see how this develops, but it definitely yeah. seems like it's having an impact at rank level. Fucking Fairweather fans. Um, I mean, no, yeah, that's all about You said is you're the one who said that you aren't playing Jet. No, no, but I'm not. I have nothing against playing Jet. I just I haven't done it yet. And he's more oh, of a chamber okay. main in, in general, yeah. so it makes sense. Like, I but... just I just play chamber. Um, yeah, you're not no, even a Fairweather fan. You just, you know, you just jumped to chamber even when the weather was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... You just upgraded while you were already with a supermodel. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I, I would still 100% play, play Jet still. Um, and there will be – there will come a time when somebody walks chamber, and I will immediately – proceed to lock the jet following that um actually it was really cool and unfortunately someone on the enemy team dodged but uh chase and i were in a game earlier today when both me and this one other guy immediately hovered chamber 
And so for voice chat, I was like, well, how are we going to solve this? And the guy suggested rock, paper, scissors. And so we played rock, paper, scissors in the team chat. Just yeah, I've, play chamber. I've <laughs> actually fun. had that happen like a few times before, and it, it's pretty fun. Um, yeah, it, it was really cool. Yeah, Cass and I, just on a complete tangent, we also played a game where the entire team went random. Um, minus me. Minus Cass, because Cass started hovering chamber, and then someone else started hovering chamber, and then everybody else, you know, memed hovering chamber, and then we were like, should we do it? We're doing it. And everybody else went random. Wow. Um, And we All lost that game. Our team comp wasn't that scuffed. It, it, I was surprised. It was not actually terrible. I think we had, what, Brim, Astra, which is a little rough, but Brim, Astra, KO, Chamber. Reyna. Reyna, yeah. On Fracture. It was it That's was not right. bad. What the it, heck? It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a dog shit team comp. Yeah. I mean, I played like dog shit. Yeah, I just on realized I should never play KO. Like, on the only person who got the character that they intended to play, you I played like shit. <laughs> But um, I didn't play great. I I wasn't playing bad by any what means. What character but did you get? I didn't hear. Oh, I, I got Sorry. KO. Um, oh, good, good. Yeah, you played some KO, which is a, a character I've played, but I just didn't really know how to play, especially on Fracture. Um, yeah. Like I really, the only times I've ever played KO has been on Ascent. So like, I have a couple of like ideas of how to play him there, and it was just it was tough this game. Um. And our Brim obviously had no fucking clue what he was doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you, would, gotten, you would know being a Brim main. Yeah. We've we gotten slightly main. tangented yeah. here, but um. So okay, just to finish up on the on the jet stuff before we move on to Sova, um. Basically, the the reason why some people are saying oh it's potentially a buff is if you didn't know, uh, if you activate your dash, you can get a kill. And that counts towards charging your next dash, even though you haven't dashed yet. So while you can't use her dash as reactionarily anymore, um, you if if you know people are pushing you and you're going to want to dash, you can pop it, get a kill, dash, repeat, get another kill, and then immediately dash again. Well, um, after 0.75 seconds. Yes. But like it, it, it basically gives you the opportunity to dash more often than you would be able to otherwise. Uh which when when you're actively being pushed is one hundred percent a buff. The the nerf here is number one, you have to have it activated, and number two, if you activate it and the push the other site, then you've just effectively wasted it. Um yeah, or or if you activate it and then you shoot and don't get a kill and dash away, then it's the exact same as it yeah, was before. But like well We'll have to give that some time and see how that whole scenario works out because it was the mechanics of it were changed. Uh, whereas Sova, on the other hand, it's very fair to say that Sova just got nerfed. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is no scenario in which any of his shit got better. Now, I believe technically his drone has slightly better movement speed. Is that correct? Well, no, there is a oh. there are a couple of like very nice quality of life changes to the drone. Okay. Um but it's not like a buff. It's really um basically yeah, if we're transitioning to that now. Uh what was changed with the drone is that it was reduced from 
uh, duration of 10 seconds to 7 seconds. So it lasts a much shorter time. Um, it also only pings twice um, upon actually hitting somebody with the dart. Uh, and its HP was reduced um, to 100 HP, I believe. So like one martial shot will kill it now. Um, which I think is, these are some of the things that we were bringing up last time of potential changes, you know, like less HP on the, on the drone, the less time on the drone fucking sucks, man. Like I get what they were saying in the patch notes, you know, it, it forces the Sova to drone from more aggressive angles in order to clear, um, to clear the space and, uh, not be able to sit back as much. And I think that that's fine, but God, like you just get significantly less value out of it in those three seconds. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Like there's just places that you can't get past anymore. Um, that you used to be able to like clear, clear down, like you could drone through somewhere and then clear like down a long angle. But now it's just like, Oh, well I've cleared close, but fuck, I have no idea what's happening further down. Uh, and I've really noticed that the couple of times that I've played Sova since the, the quality of life change though, um, has to do with the notifications on the screen for when you ping someone. Which is just like if you hit somebody with a with a dart from the drone, it's very visible on your screen now. It says like target, like target hit, um, which it, it yeah. used to say, but now it lasts for longer on your screen, and it remains on your screen for the same amount of time, even if the drone is killed immediately. Whereas before, say I were to ping somebody as they were shooting my drone out of the sky. As soon as the, like, visual on my screen for the drone going away, like, happens, I no longer see target hit. So there are scenarios where the dart has not even, like, the dart hasn't hit them. Like, you don't know if you've hit them or not until you come out of the drone animation and then see if they're being pinged on your map. Um, but now it's very audible and visible that you have hit this person with the dart even if they've immediately killed your drone. So I've I've definitely noticed that and it, it is helpful, but it's definitely not a buff. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, but like it, like, and, and like you were saying, with the three seconds making a big difference, like, seems like that was the entire point. Yeah, it it's definitely like is you, the you, entire point. Yeah, like if you want to clear certain angles, you have to get aggressive and take space before you can toss your drone out instead of just being like, oh, I'm going to throw my drone out from back here. Um, and I really noticed that in the last uh, VCT, the uh, Masters uh, Reykjavik, where certain teams were just having Sova drone or having their Sova drone from farther back cannot get hit by the KO knife. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's just now not viable. Yeah, you just won't be I... able to clear the space with it. Right. Um. So again, as somebody who doesn't play Sova, I think it's great. Um, but as we've also talked about on previous podcasts, I don't die to the Sova. Right. So it's not as frustrating as like you, you know, like especially like pre pre first nerf Reina, just getting stomped by the enemy team, just like her having full health at every fucking engagement. Um, so it, it's. I think it's hard to say 
how much this benefits the ranked experience. Um, I think it'll definitely benefit the viewer's experience of pro play, but uh, I, I do think it's a bit hard to grasp on how much this change is really going to affect my own experience in ranked lobbies. See, because I've... I'm not dying to yeah. the sofa. Yeah, I think that in general, like, I think that the nerfs to Sova are fine and it will make for, for better gameplay. And, you know, it, some kind of nerf maybe was needed. Um, you know, I, we didn't get to see how fade, uh, has put herself into the meta before they made these changes, which I think was a mistake by riot. But I think that even without that, like you can you can say that Sova like needed something done, and I'm fine with these changes. I still like playing Sova. Um, I'm a little bit fucking ticked about the shock darts, but I also like that's another change. Like I understand it. Um, you know, like the point of the shock darts, especially the way I use them, is to do chip damage, right? Like I'm not yeah. looking to double shock dart someone and kill them most of the time. I'm mostly looking like, you know, when they're pushing site, I have lineups that immediately hit them off barrier drop. Um, but just with like a single dart, you know, and then, you know, they're 40, 50 HP down while pushing site. And that's what I'm right. looking to do. And that's still very possible with having 75 instead of 90 damage um, at the center of the shock dart. Yeah, I know. I think you can single handedly blame Zeta for the uh, the shock dart nerf. Just like, a, really... a million double shock dart lineups? No, no, it wasn't the double shock dart lineups. It's the oh, the, the Molly uh, shock dart. Yeah, yeah, the Molly shock dart. Like when they were like on defensive side of Icebox, they just had Molly plus shock dart lineup for any of the plant spots. And so it's like, oh, they're planting default. Cool, we're killing this guy. This is Viper like, Molly. Molly shock yeah. dart. Yeah, yeah, like Viper Molly plus shock dart lands at the same time. He's dead, and then. Mm. There were there were other scenarios like oh they're planting safe because I'm holding default, um, and then they had the lineup to get the Molly and the shock dart to like the other plant spot. Um, uh, it was honestly like the the amount of value that they got off of that was insane, and I believe that that absolutely led to the decision to nerf the shock dart because. Now it doing 75 at the center means that you have to, if you want to get that Molly Shock Dart kill, either they need to have been previously damaged, or you need to hit them dead fucking center. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, the other part of this is even if you don't hit them dead center, the Molly does damage. So, like, if you hit them with that at the right timing, they won't be able to get out of the Molly in time for them to not die. Yeah, the Viper Molly doesn't do a ton of damage, though. Like, it's the vulnerability that really fucks you. Yeah, so, I mean, the thing was that makes the, the Viper Molly Shock Dart combo so good is, like, they could be holding Spike from any angle, right? Like, they they could... You can change which way you're diffusing the Spike from, right? You can be a little bit outside of the center when you're diffusing. Yeah. So if, you're, if your Shock Dart's a little bit off then it's fine because if if it does 90 at the center it's going to do more than 75 at the extra like at a pretty good radius right and so it's going to kill you even if you're like slightly off and not hitting them like 
dead center with the shock dart. Um, but now it, it, it won't immediately kill you unless you hit them dead center. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know there have been a bunch of people kind of talking about... Uh, or there's been some discussion on how exactly the damage drop-off works. And going to be perfectly honest with you, I got no fucking clue. And I, I think had no it's fucking the same. clue before. I had no fucking clue before the change. But like... Same. I heard... I heard... Basically what I'm saying is I've heard conflicting information. Some people are saying like, oh, now with the shock darts, you get more consistent damage. And then I've had other people saying that like, nah, it's just nerfed overall. See, I uh, think it's the latter. You know, at, at the beginning, I was hearing a lot of people say, oh, you know, it's 75 now, but they've adjusted it so that, you know, it, it falls off less quickly. I don't think that that's true. I think it falls off the exact same amount. Um... I feel like the fall off was fall off was pretty generous before. I mean, the, the fall off was actually like it was huge. Like there was a big fall off from being in the center to being a little bit off to the side. Well, okay, I'm sure is what I know. Yeah, <laughs> and I I think that it, there still is. Um, hmm. If you hit someone with the side of a shock dart, it's doing like twelve damage. You know, it's not doing a lot. Um, yeah, and that, that the was the same is... before and after this change. Well, I guess the question is, does the extremity damage – was the extremity damage also nerfed or is the, like, extremity damage the same now that it's 75 at the center? I believe it was know. now nerfed. Okay. Yeah. And that's the question. Yeah. yeah. I believe it was now nerfed because specifically in the patch notes they said uh, damage fall off adjusted to reflect center damage change. Okay. Um, And that – seems to to say that it was nerfed completely all the way through. Um people were saying things other than that, but I've I think that the combination of some people saying no, like it's been fully nerfed and that being the wording of Riot's patch notes um makes me pretty confident that it's been nerfed all the way through. Uh it's just Got it. Got it. we were saying last patch that like in most cases, like, you didn't have a problem with shock darts. Shock darts were not the biggest issue of Sova. Yeah. And it was hard for us to really determine what the biggest issue of Sova was. Um, so I th I think that it, it kind of sucks that they nerfed the shock darts. But I think in, in general, I, I like Riot's wording of it, of saying um, it's tamping down damage dealing abilities that aren't ults. Like across yeah, the board, yeah, and then and then you still have yeah, you still have fucking race nade, but yeah. it in general like they have been doing that. Um, yeah, they nerfed the 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 Roomba a couple patches ago. Yeah, okay, so they've nerfed the Roomba. Molly's haven't been changed at all. What do you mean the Viper Molly consistently gets changed? Yeah, okay. Yeah, now it can't kill you. It can't kill, like, a single Viper Molly can't kill sure, you at full sure, health. Sure. Okay, yeah. yeah, I didn't consider that. Um, So they're doing, like, nerfs to damage dealing abilities that aren't ults, where it seems like they don't want them to kill by themselves. And I think Raisinade is one of those things that doesn't kill by itself. 
You have to isolate yeah, very have, specific you, circumstances or combo right. it with other utility. And in the same way, you can do that with other damage dealing abilities to kill them, but the fact that you have to isolate circumstances or um, combo other things with it makes it not what they're trying to tamp down on. I mean, I, I've absolutely been in scenarios where I see the Raisinade come in and I'm just fucked. And I'm sure you guys have all been in that scenario too. And like, I'm talking about like, I'm at 150 health. I see this Raisinade come in and I just know I'm, I'm dead. Sure, if you're uh, playing wine, like, that's what I'm saying is it has to be like very specific circumstances. In the same, in the same way, if I like send two shock darts in there even at 75 hp you're probably dead yeah and and that once again shows the value of the yoru if i go to wine as yoru and i have to tp back on site i hear boop 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 boop, boop, boop of the raisinade coming in bloop i'm out of there no damage yeah i mean also i play chamber so i can fuck off too but like <laughs> all right um or i play jet and i dash out uh but the what was I saying? Yeah, no, and, and I noticed it a lot with like, but it, or so, okay, hold on. I'm mixing up my wording here, but like, I'm saying that I find that with Raisnade, I end up way more often in scenarios in which it's like, oh, I'm fucked. Whereas with other things that would just outright kill me, um, for example, uh, Aftershock. I have been in scenarios where it's like, okay, I'm kind of fucked. I need to swing him. Otherwise, if I stay here, I just die. And I know that I'm swinging into a very unfair gunfight in which I'm probably going to die. But that's in but, cert the, all of those situations are in certain in instances where you can't back out and take partial damage. Right, right. And most right. of the time a Raisinade is thrown at you, you can back out and take partial damage. And that's what they're saying that they want abilities to do is be able to do chip damage but not kill outright um and i think that if you're at 150 hp and a raise nade comes in and says like and you're fucked like that's a very rare circumstance that that happens yeah and like that being said like i'm not complaining about that i i kind of like that that's in the game like i i kind of like that someone can hard read your position and just be like, fuck you. You're dead. Like, I I'm not against abilities doing damage. Um, it so, like, I, I didn't really want to give off that impression. But I don't have that scenario very often with Sova. Yeah, and I, I don't think that Shock Dart should have been nerfed. Um, yeah. And, like, I mean, especially at, like, our Dart. level, our, like, kind of lower ELO, like, it Nobody fucking knows double shock dart lineups. Have you guys ever been double shock darted? No, I've never been double shock darted. And like by double shock dart, I mean specifically both of them landing at the same time. No, I mean yeah, I've been like one after the other. I for don't sure. think I have, no. but yeah. never. Like... I've had one Sova on one of my teams do it and get a kill with it once. Of all the time I've been playing Valorant, um, and I doubt I now have learned a couple of double shock dart lineups, um, specifically for Icebox. Uh, because I was like, you know, I should know some. But they're very situational. Like, I, I don't really use them. Because, um, they're you know, like, yeah. off-barrier drop is just wasting both my shock darts when I could, you know, wait a little bit and then get chip damage, which is what I want to get out of them. 
you know, if, if I played Sova, I would absolutely let both of them fly right off barrier drop every fucking round. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's not for me. That's not my play style, and that's not how I want no, to use the shock it, darts. Nor is it optimal. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like when you look at like Grim doing all his sage walls. Is it cool? Yeah. Is it optimal? <laughs> no. Probably not. Yeah. If it was, you'd see pro teams doing it. Um, yeah. But like, no, that would absolutely. If I were to play Sova, that would be how I play him because <laughs> I think that it's cool. Um. Okay. So, any closing remarks on the the Sova here, the Hunter? I mean, I think we'll see how fade comes in and, and deals with him i think that last podcast we spent a lot of time on sova too um just talking about how we, i wanted to see fade come in before uh before they did anything to sova i'm disappointed that they've done that a little pr- prematurely i think yeah but um we'll see you know i i think yeah, that I right like now fade our, is pretty yeah. good and and sova is still pretty good so. yeah and like Again, just kind of playing devil's advocate here, like, and I believe I mentioned this last podcast as well, but, like, if Fade is in the game and is taking away a solid amount of Sova's pick percentage and Sova didn't get nerfed, then both of them are probably too strong. So I don't mind them tuning back on Sova a bit, seeing the interaction with Fade. And then determining, okay, is Fade now too strong? Or do we like Fade's place in the meta? Whereas I feel like if you just let, left Sova as is, you might not, Riot might not have gotten that opportunity because it's either people aren't playing Fade because Sova's still really fucking good, or if people are playing Fade, it's like, okay, fuck we've introduced a really like too strong of a character. How do we dial this back? Um, yeah. So it does give them the opportunity to see more scenarios here. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so none of us actually play neon. So I think this one's going to be pretty fucking quick here, but like neon had some changes buffs potentially, uh, her wall doesn't do damage anymore. Fucking great. I've said that since the fucking drop of neon. Get well, rid of fucking team damage. I don't think it's just team damage. No, it I'm is. Sure it's just team damage. It 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 does that? it does damage to an opponent still. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't think so. Nothing. Uh, nothing have, I've seen on Reddit says that that. I have the seen game. clips in the range of you know that training bot by the uh the machete where you can like see how much damage you do. Yeah. I've seen people throw her wall on that training bot and it does no damage. Really. I mean, I'm going to look up the patch notes here. Um, the patch note says remove damage. Yeah, the, the patch notes were not specific in that regard. Yeah, it just says wall damage removed. Yeah. So I think her wall just doesn't do damage. Interesting. Which, again, is not a buff or a nerf. It's just a change. Um, I mean, I, okay, again, I think that's bullshit then. Like, fucking put the damage back for, for opponents. If if it's not only team damage we're talking about, that's fucking insane. There is no single ability in the game, though, that can do damage to the other team that cannot do damage to your own team. Yeah, the, the one exception being not actual damage. But, but yeah, damage. decay. Yeah, But that's not damage. That's not, that's not yeah. damage. 
Fuck it, right, put right. it so in. Not even does it matter? There's a fucking ton of abilities that no other ability does. Like, it literally does not matter whether, like, there is no ability that suppresses you like KO's knife and ult. Like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? You know, like, that. it just doesn't matter. It's not a point. Yeah, I think... I think what's interesting about the change is it's sort of admitting that whether you, you know, we have, we've had the debate about neon wall versus Phoenix wall, but whichever one you're using, the big point of the wall is that you're blocking off the line of sight. Exactly. You're blocking off the line of sight that in either case, pushing through the wall, the amount of damage that you take is not that significant. The whole point of why you don't push through a wall is because it's a wall. And your gun pokes through and they can see you before you can see them. And you have no idea where exactly they'll be on the other side. So it seems like it's sort of acknowledging that the damage in most cases didn't really matter. Is this a um, stealth buff to Phoenix? Yeah, hey, it might be. It might be a stealth buff <laughs> to the Phoenix wall. <laughs> uh, but no, okay, like... But Chase, despite what you're saying, like, oh, there's no other ability that suppresses you like KO's knife does, like, I think you're kind of grasping at straws there. Like, there's literally no damaging thing in the game that you can inflict upon the other team that doesn't affect your team in some capacity. Right? If if I, I mean, decay volley, is a thing, right? Like, you immediately yeah, get that's not like, damage, decay though. damage. That's not permanent. It's, it's not damage. Decay and damage are different. Yeah. But, like, it's not like I can drop a molly on the ground, and my team can freely run through that molly. But the enemy team gets damaged by it. No, The wall okay. is just a very thin molly that goes along a line. Neon's wall is fucking terrible anyway. We've we've all come to this agreement. Neon's wall is terrible. Oh. This, this makes it slightly nicer, like, because now pushing, like, you're not blocking off your fucking team... From going into site two, but I don't. I've never been concerned about the amount of damage I take from that wall. I don't know if I stand in it for a second too long, and now I'm one shot to a phantom. Like that's really significant, you know. Eh, I mean, I don't know. I I've never been concerned about it. Like, like how much damage I'm taking from the wall. It's the fact that it blocks line of sight as Hunter pointed out, that's significant. Um, and again, I think you can blame Victor and Ye for this because Victor actually killed Ye in one of their games with the Neon Wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, especially, uh, yeah, if you're at, like, 1 HP, then you're just stuck outside of sight. Like, Yeah, no, if you are 1 HP, it's actually relevant. <laughs> okay, but at any rate, she, she had some other changes, too. Um... And I don't know how much we're really going to be able to talk about this because none of us actually fucking play Neon. But, like, apparently yeah, she the... she can mo- slide sideways and forward now with no momentum. Or yeah. You ha- yeah. No momentum like you don't need barrier. A build, yeah, you don't need to build the momentum to do it. Which, I think that's actually significant. I think that's a very significant buff to Neon. Well, there's... I have two thoughts on this. So one is that when Neon came out, I was wondering, you know if I would like playing her. So I did try her out in the range and in a couple spike rushes and stuff as well. And one of the things that Cass didn't cover about the buff yet is that they also made so that she can slide sideways and forward. Which, what? 
Case brought that up. Oh, you did? Yeah, I mean, I did say that, but whatever. Okay, sorry. Well, you know, sometimes things go in one ear and out the other. But either way, so Cass didn't bring it up. I was correct. But uh, Chase did bring it up, and I forgot that. But I noticed it was incredibly annoying. You know, if you're running up to a doorway, and, uh, you know, you're not running straight through the doorway. You're not coming from perpendicular to the archway. You're coming from parallel to the archway. Um, If you want to turn the corner and slide, before, you would have to slide and then flip around which is like a very specific muscle memory that you like don't have to do with any other agent and it was just annoying. It wasn't it wasn't, you know, game breaking at the pro level, it was just a real pain. So the fact that now you can flip and then slide, you know, like you're actually peeking the corner, I think that's quite nice. Yeah, Although I've heard, the one thing, yeah, yeah go ahead. Keep, I was going to say I've heard of exactly what you're saying. It's more of a quality of life than it is a buff. Um, it just makes her yeah. feel more fluid as a character. Like she does more of what you're trying to do with her rather than being prevented by dumb game mechanics from doing what feels like you should be able to do. Exactly. Right. And, and like, then the other thing that we discussed, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead guys. Well, I was going to say, you've been able to slide in any direction with neon from her release. It was just mechanically obtuse. I think they patched out the backward slide. Did they? I don't remember reading anything about that. It could have been a stealth patch, but it was it was like yeah. a, it was a bug that you could slide backwards. Well, I wouldn't call it a bug. I'd call it potentially abusing the game engine. But okay, yeah, I, I can see the that not a bug. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I think they're they're yes, we're splitting hairs at this point. But I think there is a difference. Yeah, we really are between between a bug. And and using the mechanics that the game provides you to do something that's unintended. And I think Melee, as a video game, is just, like, the crown jewel of that example. It's yeah, I mean, like, that's a completely a, different game. Like we, It is a completely different <laughs> game, but, it, like, it's not a bug. It's just something you can do, given the rules of the engine that you are playing with. And because Melee was released on a disc, and they can't patch that shit... There's nothing they like. Yeah, but I can't wave dash with neon. So, well, what if you yeah, Cass, it? I think that's the difference there. The fact that it was released on a disc and they can't patch it—that means that like anything that would be considered a bug, if you were looking at it right when the game launched, is now accepted by the community to the point where it no longer seems like a bug. No, but there are. Like, things I feel in... like that's the big difference. No, but like specifically in melee, there are things that people are like, "Yeah, that's a bug." Like that's sudden, like. In Pokemon Stadium, during one of the transformations, you can just fall through the stage. Like, that is a bug. Well, okay, obviously that's a bug because it has a negative impact. There's nothing that people enjoy about doing that, right? <laughs> You're not like, oh boy, I I mean, it's stage. made Hooray. for some really funny it videos. Incredible fucking clips. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, like, but, like, my whole point is that, you know, if, if a bug stays in the game long enough and the community likes it and the developers don't change it for whatever reason in any game then yeah, you can argue that the bug has ascended to become a Part way you game. can play the game. But that's, it's, it still was a bug initially. It's just its status has been shifted by usage. Yeah, and I mean, like that's something I enjoy about Melee that I feel like is very different yeah. from Valorant. Like, it, as a Melee player, you grow to enjoy the quirks of the game, and you are happy that there was nothing that they could do to patch them out. Yeah. <laughs> right? right, right. Because... You know, it, it becomes a part of the play style and the way that the game is actually played, and you know that it wouldn't be the same game 
if they had had the ability to patch them. Um, because they did, and yeah. they released Brawl, and it was dog shit. Yeah. Yeah, it was completely dog shit. Um, but uh, that's just not the same with Valorant. I think that, like, that yeah. it's it's very different when you're in a tactical no, but, okay. 5v5 okay. FPS. Yeah. But like... I'm, saying, I'm saying there's 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 a difference here between, for example, and just taking one character, right? If we look at Jet, whereas, I, I don't know if any of you guys experienced this, but they're, up until recently, there was this bug on Jet where if you right-clicked and you dashed at the same time with her alt, you would just be locked into constantly attempting to pull your alt out, and you were worthless for the remainder of the round. Yeah, yeah, they did fix that, that in the in the yeah. new patch. That was a bug. Jet being able to get on top of those boxes on C that has been banned by Riot, that is not a bug. That is abusing game mechanics. I I don't think so because it's not. It's a feature that's, you know. Not what the the intention is that if you jump into a box, then you fall down the box unless you hit the ledge. And so it's a bug that that doesn't happen. Yeah, they should be able to do it though. Fuck that. that that's a good example, Cass. I I have no no counterpoint. Well, I mean, you, just but... to be clear, I I agree that that should be allowed. I'm just saying that strictly speaking, I think it's a bug. I think that's I easy okay now now I think that I'm I'm on the same page with Hunter. I'm flip flopping here. I'm a fence, <laughs> fence sitter if you've ever seen yeah. one. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, if, if I could take us back from the, you know, I'll, I'll say one more thing on the bug topic, which is that, Cass, you had said this a couple days ago off podcast, and I'm curious if you've heard anything about it since, which is that Neon players are reporting that they no longer can take their gun out while sliding, like to be able to shoot while sliding. Have you heard anything more about that, if that's intended I don't remember. or not? I don't remember mentioning this on the podcast. If I did, it's because I oh. literally read something word for word off online, which I have okay. also read said information. Um, and I believe that, according to Riot, that is an intended feature. You can no longer just slide and then mid-slide pull your gun out, I believe. I They removed the ability to slide during the equip animation. So maybe people were doing it by hitting equip, then sliding, and then at that point you were able, like, your gun would come out in the middle of your slide and you were able to shoot. But I think otherwise the equip animation is too long that your slide would be over with anyway. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, well, you know, my thought would be that before before this patch, if you went to equip your gun while running you wouldn't would be, then be able to you. slide right no, no, yeah but, so i'm a little no, confused how this is sure, working i'm pretty sure you still have the momentum to slide because i do remember doing that but slide but you have and to be running while you yeah slide you have them. you have to have your e active yeah but i think you can kind of simultaneously hit them i think it's the same mechanic as like the chamber fake teleport where if i teleport and pick up my anchor at the exact same time it's as if, like, the audio cue plays as if I teleported, but then I don't. Like, I think it's kind of the same mechanic as if you do them at the same time. That, like, it still lets you slide, but you also pull your gun out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that it's probably... It, it sounds like it was doable before... Yeah. Before this patch, but now that 
the patch notes just say that they've removed the ability to slide while in the equip animation. Yeah, slide cannot be cast during equip delay, to use the specific words. Yeah. Um, no. I guess to wrap up this section on Neon is that they also reworked how the battery energy works, and it's uh, not a buff or a nerf, it's a change, much like the wall thing, in that, first of all, the energy drain is increased from 6.7 seconds, six, sorry, 6.7 per second to 10 per second, whereas... On the flip side, battery energy received upon killing an enemy increased from 25% to 100%. So your energy drains a lot faster, but every kill that you get sends your energy back to full. Yeah, I think that's great. Like, specifically for Neon Alt, I feel like it's that's a really good change because it enables you to use Neon's alt more in which the way in which I think it should be used instead of it just being a ah, fuck, run them down. Which, yeah. like, it still kind of is, but it's it's more of a controlled run it down instead of, like, oh, no, timer, I have to push. And now yeah, because if you get more... one kill, now you get yeah. all your energy back. Right, now it gives you more time to work with. Um, in the same way that, like, when you get a kill with Jet Knives, you get all five of them back. You don't just yeah. get one pack right um, oh my god how that would be a true jet nerf there you only get one knife back <laughs> i would not want to see that that would be far too much but yeah uh, so I, I i think it is a like i i, I think that is a, a really good change for neon um specifically for her alt i don't know how much the energy drain is going to affect her because i don't play neon so, I don't really yeah. know if that's going to be super significant when you're not actively killing people. But I don't know. Um, yeah, any any other neon stuff? No, I mean, do, yeah, do we ha do we have another topic? Uh, kind of, but it's short. Cool. Okay, so there's been. Well, I guess it's not even leaked at this point. It's in the PBE. Uh, there has been some changes to Chamber. Trialing. At least in the PBE. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, basically, the changes are, he now gets one alarm bot instead of two. The price has been increased to $200 per... Well, I guess you only get one of them. Um, and apparently the audio is more significant. I'm assuming that means that when you're near it and it hasn't gone off yet, you can more readily hear it. Similar that to how you would make sense, hear yeah. Killjoy Nanos. I don't think it's saying that when it goes off, the audio is louder because I don't think that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, so I think it's like if you're pushing up, if you're creeping up the site slowly, you're you're going to be able to hear the fact that the trademark is around you more clearly uh, than you were able to before. Um, I think all of those changes are very fair as the person here that mains chamber. Um, I'm going to say it is slightly annoying in that a lot of times when I'm rotating, I can kind of freely rotate knowing that, yeah, I've got a trap on either entrance to site. Yeah. Like if they, if they come be, I'll know they're there. Um, Whereas now you kind of have to face check one of those two, right? Um, yeah, I don't. Like, I don't love it. I don't love the 
decreasing from two to one. I think that two, it really plays into Chambers' sentinel ability is having those alarm bots, right? Like that is why he is a sentinel is locking down a site like that and being able to, to gather that information. And I think having two, I mean, just specifically from having that on my team is fucking so nice. Chase, I'm going to be, I'm going to keep it real with you, chief. I know that you're traumatized over another big two to one change, which is the stim yeah. beacon that we discussed earlier. I just have but to be consistent think... in my, in my morals, you know, yeah. <laughs> But that being said, I think it's a fantastic change because obviously, yeah, it does hurt some of that classically sentinel ability. But where Chamber has always had a unique identity from Killjoy and Cypher is the fact that... killing shit. Exactly. The way he's locking down areas is by using his guns to shoot people and using his TPs to reposition. So maybe, you know, he misses his shot and TP's away, well, at least now he's not dead. He's gotten that info that they're there, and they know that he's somewhere else around to, to get him, that he is occupying the area. Similar to how Sage also doesn't have any sort of flank watch or info-gathering ability, but she's able to just stall so much with her slow orbs and wall that no one would say, oh, you know, Sage is a terrible agent because she doesn't have flank watch ability. So I think that the fact that Chamber beforehand had pretty similar flank watch ability to Cypher and far better flank watch ability than Killjoy while also having all that firepower. I think it was just, it just made him too good overall of a Sentinel. And so I think the idea that now he is, you know, inferior at that compared to the agents who more specialize in it. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I see what you're saying and I feel like it could be a good change. I just would have rather seen the nerf be to the duration. Oh, the duration of the slow. Of the slow, yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, I think that that would be, I mean, at least for, for my... But you're 50% less likely to get caught in a slow now. This true, true. true. That, that could be, yeah, mitigated by the fact that they're increasing the, the volume of it and they're getting rid of one of them. Um, and maybe, you know, getting rid of one of them, then the length of time is just more punishing because there's only one. Yeah. Right? Like, that That makes a lot of sense to me. But uh, that's not initially, like, the, I, did, I didn't see a problem with him having two. I saw a problem with it just lasting for so fucking long. You see, from from where I stand, I think that the... The, the two to one is more significant than the time delay of how long they last is because something that I would often do is set both of them up on things that it's just like, yeah, fuck it. We're just not going to hold this. And if someone goes there, we'll know if they go there. And I'm not particularly concerned about how long they're slowed for. If they're even slowed at all, it's just about knowing I don't have to hold this angle. Oh, like, uh, very commonly, like, kitchen on Icebox. I can just put a trap up there. And be like, we don't have to deal with this portion of the map unless that goes off. Yeah, I mean, that's um, dangerous, specifically with kitchen, but I, I agree with you. Uh, the fact that yeah. they were also 
like lasted so long means that you know they're not going to be that deep into it yeah but i'm like again like the the how long it lasts for is not the point right or like if we take haven right uh very commonly when i was playing jet before chamber was even released um if i was opping c long if somebody rotated out of garage that was very detrimental to me because i can't actively hold that whereas like my trademark can hold garage i can have a trademark on garage i can have a trademark on b and i can actively hold c and the rest of my team can rotate off that whereas now i'm only going to have the one in garage and if nobody's holding b and somebody just lurks up through mid i can get shot in the backs now um and like another example and th this is the one that affects me personally the most is like if i'm going to peak something with the intention of taking the shot TPing out and falling back I can put a trademark on the same angle that I'm initially peeking off barrier drop. And that would let me know if that area had been re-aggressed on or not. And if I only get one of them, it doesn't make sense for me to also put my trademark at the same angle I'm going to be holding at the start of the round. Like, that'd be stupid. But now if I teleport out of that angle, I don't know if they've re-aggressed on it or if they've fallen out of it. If I only get one, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's definitely a nerf. I'm not saying it's not like it. No, it's definitely, it's a big I, nerf. I, I just didn't expect it to come in this way. I, I think the the one of them instead of two, I think is way more significant than any amount of delay you could make to the slow field it creates. I think you could literally give no slow and just the info, and the nerf from two to one is more significant. I would tend to agree, actually. Yeah, but it just, they're so fucking annoying to play against. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see when they're in game. I have no idea, like, how the audio is going to affect things, too. Uh, and that that could be a good a good nerf to it as well. Yeah, I mean, on the, on the positive side here, you know, when Killjoy came out, um, people were very upset by how easy it was to get to get hit by her alarm bot and nanos before you had a chance to, to see them or detect that they were there by hearing them. So, and then they also had to bump up the audio of those and that made a huge difference. So, you know, hopefully it'll be yeah. similar, similar in terms if of they're the, bumping the up the audio though. I think it'd be fair to make them invisible. Well, I mean, we'll have to see. I kind of feel like because they're, really small and they have such a huge impact just on their own in terms of the slow and you don't have any range limitation i kind of feel like them being visible is is fine is important yeah, i guess the right yeah i didn't really consider the range limitation that killjoy has but it's just like with killjoy's things right the reason why it's fair is because you can hear them even though like they're invisible but you can hear them right Right. If this is both visible and it's super evident where they are based on audio, then I feel like you're, I don't know, obviously, well, I haven't played on the PBE yet. Maybe I should open it um, and check that out. But I just feel like there's, 
the the value just drops off a fucking cliff if you can just know where they are based off audio and you can fucking see them. Yeah, we'll have to see how significant it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the big thing with Killjoy is, even if I can hear the fact that she's got nanos on here, I can't just shoot them. Because I don't know exactly where they are. Until you I get mean, you re- get close, then you can see them, but... Yeah, but, like, even if I know that, like, Killjoy has nanos in an area, or I know she has an alarm bot in the area, and I can hear it, I can't just immediately clear that, because I don't, like, it, you know, it's not visible. Yeah, I, f- I feel like the thing is, though, even with Killjoy's stuff, and we'll have to see if they do a good job with Chambers as well, is that the range at which you can hear Killjoy's stuff but not see it, like, that sort of, if you look at it as, like, a circle from where the actual utility is placed, that chunk of the circle is pretty small. Like, the amount of time where you're like, oh, there's something around here, but I can't see it. Pretty, You move up a teeny bit more, and then you can see it. So, like, I hope they do something similar with Chamber, where it's not like you can hear the trademark from halfway across the map, and you're like, oh, boy, I'm getting closer. This is like I'm playing, uh, you know, uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't know if there's a name Marco for it, Polo? the game you Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Marco Polo. That's 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 a different game, but that works. Yeah, you're playing Marco Polo and you're like, oh okay, I could just seek it out. So I hope they do a good job with it, but we'll have to see. I'm assuming it's not gonna be insane. Like Yeah. You're not gonna be able to fucking hear it across the map pushing the other site. Yeah, it's actually a stealth buff to chamber because if you're within five meters of the trademark it's just blasting your ears and yeah. you can't hear anything else. <laughs> All you hear is the sound of the trademark. Uh, but also, is that what people are really complaining about Chamber? It is what it's what I yeah, was complaining about. What I was complaining about, about. Chamber. Okay. I said that last podcast. Yeah, because I feel like that's kind of similar to Jet, where it's like, oh, let's just nerf the other shit. No, I don't think so. Honestly, people don't yeah. really have an, like a huge problem with the other things, other than the slows with the op. Yeah, no, I'm not going. I'm going to sound like Cass here. Cass, you're you're gonna think that uh you're gonna think that maybe I you know like stole some of your brain and put it in my own or something I don't know but like the thing is all of Chambers' gun related abilities his his uh alt and his headhunter all of those are precision weapons that require skill to make them work so like when I get hit by a chamber alt or when I get killed by a headhunter I'm not like dang this agent is is busted and he needs to be nerfed it's like you know uh, I I knew he had his alt active and i didn't figure out where he was or i peaked it i ego peaked it and he had better aim than me so like i don't have a problem with either his alt or his headhunters and obviously his trademark i don't really know how you would nerf that without making it useless and i don't have an issue with that either so yeah you, you i mean the uh the rendezvous yeah, yeah right I, was, I don't know why i said trademark yes yeah. rendezvous yes his teleport is what i meant so yeah uh, it's weird for me to be talking up about how, you know, precision weapons and aim duels are what Valorant is about, because that's usually your thing, but when it, when it comes to chamber, I think that it's appropriate. And actually, yeah, just like, kind of final comment here. This kind of harks back on how you were talking about how you had to, like, create new ways for you to play Yoru when you weren't yeah. feeling super hot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really struggled with that earlier today in a game that Chase and I were in. Um, I had one kill the entire first half. And we fucking started on defense. Like. It was a tough game. Yeah, we ended up winning. Yeah, we came like, back from 
which is pretty Fuck fucking wild. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, even though, even though I, I did, I did fairly well in the second half. I think I finished the game around even, KD wise. But like, that yeah, was we all so... did pretty fucking well in the second half to come back ten yeah. two. That was that was so fucking frustrating, because. Like Chambers' whole thing is taking duels, and there's not a lot that his kit brings to the table outside of just raw aim duels, and I was just losing all of them. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right. It is definitely getting fucking late here, which means it is getting really fucking late <laughs> for Hunter. Um, hey. So yeah, I mean. I wouldn't be up around 4 a.m. like this guy is right now. So, god damn. Um, I think we, we wrap this thing up. Sounds good. Yeah. Back to you, Chase. Yeah, good talk to you guys, and we will drink with you later. <laughs>